Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. Recently, Ponder and Company released their latest market perspectives report, which looked at hospital M&A volume in the first quarter of 2019. To talk with us about the results of their analysis, I'm joined by Carl Henkel, who is an associate in the Mergers and Acquisitions Group at Ponder and Company. Carl, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Mike. Carl, why don't you start out by telling us a bit about Ponder and Company and what you do there? Sure. Uh, Ponder & Co. is a healthcare financial advisory firm. We were founded in 1974 and been providing financial services to not-for-profit hospitals and healthcare systems for more than 40 years. I'm an associate in the Mergers and Acquisitions Group, where we provide strategic advisory services to hospitals and health systems, uh, and I have five years' experience with Ponder. Uh, as a firm, we are employee-owned, and we have offices and clients nationwide. Our main services are capital market and capital planning services, which is helping hospitals and health systems access the debt markets, as well as strategic advisory services and integration services. Great. Thanks, Carl. We're, we're happy to have you on the show. Um, why don't we dive into this recent report, which looked at hospital mergers and acquisitions in the first quarter of 2019, as I mentioned. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you developed your analysis and what you looked at? Sure. Ponder has maintained a database of announced change of control transactions among short-term acute care hospitals since 2009. We follow the industry closely, and we use a variety of sources for our data. Uh, the best sources are press releases issued by health systems uh, when certain milestones are reached in a transaction process, like when a definitive agreement or letter of intent is signed. Um, and we also use various news scraping services that pull from local newspapers and other sources to glean information on transactions that fail to receive wider coverage, uh, which will be your uh, more rural hospitals and um, critical access hospitals. We record transactions between not-for-profit health systems once they reach a definitive agreement, uh, as a letter of intent is typically non-binding and usually light on key affiliation details, uh, especially in terms of board change of control provisions. Um, although we do record some for-profit transactions on letter of intent, depending on the level of detail provided in the document. So, Carl, if you had to think about uh, M&A activity in Q1, what would you say the overall theme was? I'd say that notably, uh, the first quarter of 2019, which we recorded 14 announced transactions, uh, that was the fewest number of announced transactions of any quarter since the fourth quarter of 2009, which had seven. Uh, but looking at that in context, this reduced volume is far from the lowest volume the industry has seen. To contrast even further, the first quarter of 2018, a year ago, tied the record for the most um, announced transactions with 40, nearly tripling the past quarter's total. So we see that volume is down, but there are still major transactions occurring and discussions happening. We don't expect the trend to continue throughout the year of reduced volume. Okay. And in the report, you answered um, a few key, key questions to try to explain um, where, we, where we were and where we're headed. Um, the first one was um, looking at factors that drove that reduced transaction volume. So can you dive into that a little bit for us and explain why that volume may have been down in the first quarter? Sure. 
the last several years have seen a very high amount of transactions, um, specifically mega mergers, which Ponder defines as any change of control transaction, but the smaller system has more than $1 billion in revenue. So in 2017 and 2018, there were 20 mega mergers uh, between those two years. The years prior had close to a dozen, um, 2015 and 2016, if you add those up. But following these major transactions, systems often change gears into focusing on integration, um, which can lead to a pause in the evaluation of other acquisition opportunities. The first quarter of 2019 saw no mega mergers announced, although Memorial Hermann and Baylor Scott and White did end their merger discussions, which would have created a $14 billion mega merger after they had signed an LOI in the fall of last year. Another factor in the reduced volume is the absence of the publicly traded for-profit health systems as acquirers. As with the exception of HCA, none of the publicly traded hospital companies have announced a hospital acquisition since 2016. Additionally, the pace of divestitures amongst the for-profits has slowed as they have largely already divested their isolated and disparate assets. So Carl, you, you then in the report um, asked the question, is M&A over? for the foreseeable future. What are your thoughts on that? No, we don't expect hospital M&A to materially decrease in the short term. Uh, scale is critical for a variety of reasons and to be prepared for new payment models. So we expect regional health systems to continue acquiring community hospitals in order to broaden their footprints and maintain the regional relevance. Um, also, in the recent earning calls, both CHS and QHC have announced paying divestitures um, in their divestiture pipeline. So that's uh, we, we know there will be future divestitures there, and the rash of mega-mergers uh, recently should result in several additional uh, divestitures of even some sort of market-type uh, assets um, as the newly merged systems rationalize their portfolio of hospitals. Carl, uh, finally in the report, you looked at the implications going forward. What can we expect for hospital M&A in the months and years to come? Well, with the pressures for independent and community hospitals to affiliate only increasing, we see the reduced volume of transactions as a shift to more thoughtful and disciplined processes, um, processes that make, sure, that make sure both systems are benefiting from a transaction, not simply a takeover. So we expect volume to be consistent, but not as high as it has been in recent years as these systems go through uh, periods of digestion. So, Carl, if someone would like to get a copy of the report, where can they go? Uh, the report is available on our website, ponderco.com. Uh, there's a link for insights, and that will take you to all of our white papers and case studies. Carl Hankel, thanks so much for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Mike. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the Hospital Finance Podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest, Drop us a line at update at Bessler.com. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.